This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Family Secrets is a production of iHeartRadio. Morning. This episode contains discussion of abuse and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. My childhood was very difficult. I share one of my first memories with my mother is sitting on my knees by the sofa and my stepdad told me to watch her fingernails and if her fingernails turned blue to call 911. So it was very traumatic. It's one of my early memories. I was in elementary school. And I remember growing up and, you know, I didn't want to invite friends over because I was ashamed of the way we lived. And I didn't want anyone to know how my life really was. I just wanted to be normal and pretend everything was okay. And I didn't want them to come in the kitchen and turn on a light because when you turn the lights on, you know, you see a gazillion roaches running everywhere, scattering. That's Venus Morris Griffin, single mother of seven, award-winning real estate agent, and motivational speaker. Venus's is a story of almost superhuman resilience and discipline, an homage to the notion that where there's a will, there's a way, a way out, 
a way through a harrowing childhood that threatened to repeat itself, as such childhoods often do. Often, but not always. Above all, this is one woman's journey from violence, secrecy, and shame to a life filled with grace and love. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is Family Secrets. The secrets that are kept from us, the secrets we keep from others, and the secrets we keep from ourselves. I had a stepfather who was a an alcoholic, very, very scared of him. And um, he was very abusive in many ways to me and my siblings. I have a half-brother and a half-sister, and... My brother ended up in maximum security prison. You know, we all deal with trauma differently, and he could never get past the cycle of abuse and poor choices, which led him down this dark life of of crime. And my sister, the last time I saw her, she was at the state mental hospital in Columbia, South Carolina, trying to convince me that she was walking there versus a patient and lost her children very young age, hasn't seen them probably in... 25 plus years and uh, she was a good soul but just could not process everything that had happened to her and you know my mother was married prior to my stepfather and I always thought he was my biological father along with my half brother and half sister I thought the three of us were all full siblings in the trauma that uh, we went through living with him I don't I was young but so I don't remember a lot of it but I do remember One story in particular, my sister was telling me that, um, you know, he would throw them in the closet and throw firecrackers at them and hold the door. I mean, he'd have 10 locks on the door, like all the way down the doorway, and he'd lock them one, two, three, you know, for safety. Just those memories that are just burned into your mind that you you can never forget. So I would say my childhood was very, very difficult. And You know, the hardest part was sorting through, like, I really adored my mother. I loved my mother. I still love my mother. There's a lot of good about my mother just telling what I went through and what I had to overcome to get to a a good place to hopefully help others. But, you know, just watching her go in and out of rehabs for alcohol abuse and prescription drug abuse and being called to the principal's office when you're in grammar school and finding out that... Your mom's just been arrested and she tried to put her head in a toilet to kill herself at the police station. And having people tell you that and just, you know, feeling alone and like you have no one and and knowing that everyone around you has basically thrown the towel in on you. They just, they're giving up. They know you're going to be a stat, just like my brother and sister. They know that your chances of getting out of this life are slim to none. And my determination as a young child to not be like everyone around me was great. Venus makes the conscious decision during her adolescence to surround herself with good people. She studies the seemingly happy, healthy families around her and patterns her life after them. In the absence of role models within her family, she seeks her own. She and her friends don't drink or do drugs, way her mother and siblings do. She's creating a map for her future, or so she hopes. My high school sweetheart, um, his family was just so good. I just remember looking at them and 
going to their house and being so scared that they were going to find out what I came from. But watching them and how they genuinely loved each other and they respected each other and they they all went to church together and then they actually practiced what they preached. And it just was my saving grace because I had to figure out a way to be like them, but I didn't know how to do that. But I, again, I, I knew what I didn't want to do, which is to be like my brother or my sister or my, or my mother. I wasn't like a straight A student by any means. I was probably a s- average C student. I never had someone to, to look at my grade, to my report card, or to see how I was doing. I never had someone to care. I changed high schools, I think, six or seven times within three years, and I knew I had to get out of my home life um, if I wanted to do better. And so I went to summer school to take an English class because I figured out I had enough credits that I could skip my senior year in high school and go straight to college. So that's what I did. You know, I've pretty much been on my own, I guess, probably since I was 14. I say I was on the verge of homelessness because I was just living from, you know, with friends and my sister and my mom and in between binges. It was just, it was just a tough life. But all at the same time, I was joyful. I was happy. I was grateful. I never looked at my life and thought, woe is me. I never looked at, you know, many of my friends, a few of them were privileged. I never looked at them and wanted what they had. I just knew that I wanted something differently than I had. Venus is incentivized to emerge from her traumatic upbringing. Her hard work in school pays off, and she goes to college. The first two years at a private Baptist college, then she transfers to the University of South Carolina her junior year. There, she meets Tripp, who is five years older and getting ready to graduate. They meet on a blind date, and about a year and a half later, they get married. To know Tripp was to love Tripp. He was dynamic. He was fun. He was smart. He was good-looking. You know, he was president of his fraternity. They called him the killer. That was his nickname. All of his fraternity brothers just really reveled around him. You walk in the room, he's the shining star. You know, he lit the room up. He gravitated to him. He was a great dancer. He was funny. Um, And he was so good to me. He made me feel like I was the only person in the world when we were together. He made everyone feel like that. He had a gift with children. You know, we would be around his family and his nieces and his nephews, and he's pulling them on a tractor behind with, you know, 15 kids and a buggy behind it. He was just dynamic, and he had really great qualities that made people naturally gravitate towards him. This natural gravitation toward Tripp happens just about everywhere, with his family, his friends, and at school, where he's on the football team. He's universally liked and likable. But on the night before Tripp and Venus get married, an unsettling feeling sinks in. In addition to his effervescence, Tripp has a dark side. He rages at Venus in front of the family, and she has a thought, a thought so many have had on the eve of their weddings. You know, you've got the dress and everything's been paid for and the band is coming, and you had the thought that you shouldn't marry him. Yeah, I knew that I should not marry him, and that was not normal behavior, but I just was so deep into it, and I thought, you know what, he's got stress on him, and I'm overreacting, and like everybody's coming and, you know, I just tucked it underneath my stomach and I just said, I'm going to do this and pretend like nothing happened. 
you would have looked at us and thought we were the happiest couple in the world. If Venus's childhood has prepared her for anything, it's to pretend everything is okay. So that's what she does when she has misgivings about the marriage. And over the next several years, the pretending becomes reality. Venus and Tripp don't just look happy, they really are. Venus has always longed for unconditional love, a growing family. She has four kids within the first five years of her marriage, and a kind of familial stability. And now she has it. She's convinced that she's not repeating the history of her fraught childhood. She has a strong family unit, a strong faith, and what she believes to be a strong, trusting partnership. Tripp is a great father. He's super active in the church and in the kids' schools and sports. He and Venus have lunch together every day. But something else is going on with Tripp, too. There's that dark side. Tripp struggles with mental illness, and soon he becomes abusive. I think he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and maybe a few other things. And he was on medication, and he would have times when he was medicated properly that he would do really well. And it was like he was straight from heaven, and then he'd stop taking his medicine or his medicine would need to be tweaked and he'd get really abusive and go under rages where he would threaten to kill himself. You know, he would, one time he said he tried to hang himself in the little cabin next door to ours and he pushed me into a bathtub. I don't think he meant to hurt me, hurt me. But, um, you know, just remember, like, I thought I broke my back. I thought he'd really done some permanent, like I couldn't walk, you know. I was like hunched over and... You know, he goes out in the yard and gets a gun and shoots it. I think he's killed himself. You know, I find him out in the yard. But he was so remorseful after, like just crying and begging and just please help him and just how much he loved me. And I was the only person in the world he had. His dad is remarried. He has a wonderful stepmother, but his biological mother died in her late 40s with sclerosis of the liver. And she battled alcoholism and I think some mental issues and drugs and I think you know, he he would just say he had no one. You know, I was the only person he had. And and I wanted to keep my family together at all cost. You know, I wasn't, I didn't intend on staying in an abusive marriage. I just thought that I could fix him. And you, you can't fix someone else. And I, I know that now, which is part of the reason I share this story. You, you can only fix yourself. You know, we had many good years. And even when the times were really, really bad, you know, whenever the abuse would get really, really bad, he would always be remorseful and beg for forgiveness and tell me how much he loved me and how much he wanted to keep our family together and how he was going to be better. And he just, he was mentally sick and he was, you know, if I would stand by him that we'd have the best family ever. And I believed him. I believed him and I did that. As bad as Trip was, it was better than what I came from. My mother told me when I married Tripp that I would be divorced within a year. And I was hell-bent on proving her wrong. We'll be right back. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. 
berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. In addition to the violent mood swings, there are other red flags. There's suddenly a lot of debt. Tripp is overspending, and his financial decisions, grand gestures included, are draining the family income. Venus decides to get her real estate license so she can contribute financially. She begins selling houses, and her first commission check is around $5,000. She's positioned to make about $20,000 a year. So just enough to help bolster the family's finances but not enough to support their large family. When Venus goes to real estate school, she's pregnant with their sixth child. I just wanted to be a mom. Prior to my first child, I wanted to be an attorney and be in the corporate world. But once I had my first child, and that's a whole other story, we, Tripp could not have children. He had um, an undescended testicle that was a tumor. And so as a result, when we got married, I still had the hope, of course, we could have children naturally, but we could not. And so... We had a donor for the six children, the same donor. So my first child, it took me eight inseminations to to get pregnant. And the second one, it took me four. The third one, it took me two. And then um, fourth one, fifth one, and sixth one, I got pregnant on the first insemination. And so when I had my 
children, I had a whole different value system that I had grown up thinking. I wanted to be this corporate person who was just knocking it out of the business world. I wanted to be a mom. Like I realized how precious this life was in that like I just wanted to help these children have everything that I never had, uh, which is a loving, stable family and a mom that was dependable and that, you know, had their back and that they could respect and look up to. And when I got my license, it wasn't long after that, that my life came crumbling down. But I just remember telling the broker when I interviewed at Maybomb, which is the company I'm still at, I said, listen, don't pressure me to make a lot of money. I'm here to make the minimum this company requires for me to keep my license here, which was $20,000 a year. That's all I'm going to make. And I didn't know the storm I was about to weather. I never in a million years dreamed that I would need to take over my husband's role as the financial breadwinner in the house. But soon she will be solely responsible, financially and otherwise, for herself and her six children. One night, shortly after she has sold a few properties, she's at home nursing her youngest. Trip is away. Trip is often away. And she receives a phone call from a woman at a hotel. So the phone rings, and I'll never forget, this girl was on the line, and she said, Venus, my name is Jamie, and I'm calling to tell you what an awful man you're married to. And she went on to tell me other stuff, and I was like, I didn't believe her. But I was in shock, and she said enough things where I'm like, okay, I need to meet her. And so I woke my son up, and I said, you know, John, can you watch your siblings, listen up for your other ones, and got to go meet with this lady. So I got up, and I'll never forget, I was driving down Washington Road, which is where the hotel was at, and I was thinking that she was lying. You know, I was making every excuse for my husband, like I always did with everything, um, because there had been no signs of him being unfaithful. And um, I get to the hotel, I turn in there, I knock on the door, and I'll never forget, she comes to the door and she's kind of fidgeting and she's younger than me and, you know, I'm pretty small and, and she was, I mean, she was very small and just looked fragile. And so she opens the door and I, I come in and sit on the bed and she's using very descriptive language, uh, how awful Trip is and everything that he's done and, you know, telling me he was a big man on campus, all these women you know, pretty much taking everything we had and the credit card. She said these women would go to Walmart with it and just trip us a big man. And they just cleaned us out and like all the kids account, everything we had was gone. And we didn't have a lot of money, but what we had was gone. So then she starts showing me photos on her phone. At that point, I knew she was not lying because she's telling me things that trip was actually doing to me when he would get in his rages that he was doing to her. And I think maybe she fell in love with him because she said towards the end she wasn't even charging him for sex. But uh, she showed me his phone and, you know, his pictures of Tripp in compromised positions and naked without clothes. You know, one particular photo was him driving down the road, like, with his pants down with an erection and just, like, smiling for the picture. I'm like, what? And so then I knew she was being honest. and And I tell this, people are amazed, but I just... I looked in her eyes and I just felt this connection to her. You know, I didn't hate her. 
I was just trying to get out of my tragedy and she had not figured out how to get out of her tragedy. I, and I guess I hadn't either, but I was trying. I just connected with her and um, she wanted a, me to give her money for a bus ticket to get back to Atlanta, I think. And because uh, Trip was supposedly threatening to kill her, which I believe. And so I wrote her a check for like $100 and I told her, I said, Jamie, I, the money is not in the bank right now. I said, so give me a few days. I've got to close in this week. And once it's in the bank, then you can cash it. I said, but if you try to cash it now, they're going to reject it. They're going to bounce it. And she called me like every day for the next week until I had the money in there. And then I told her, yes, yeah, you can cash it. So then, of course, she cashed it. And I've never heard from her again. But I look back now and I think how I felt to her, I just felt compassion. And I felt really sorry for her. And, and I don't understand really fully myself because she just basically, you know, what she told me just stripped my entire life from me. I guess in hindsight, she did me a favor. She was a messenger. Yeah. So then my journey changed. And I, I remember leaving and driving back on Washington Road again to get back home to my children. And I was just thinking, okay, you know, I keep saying that I'm a Christian. What does a Christian mean? You know, does a Christian just stand by, here I am making excuses again. Does a Christian still stand by her husband during the good times? Or do they like stand by him during the really hard times? And I said, you know what? I'm going to stand by him. I said, because this is a mental disease, like sex addiction. What he's done is terrible. It's violating. You know, you take it personal when there's intimacy involved with someone. But I knew that deep down his soul was good and that he'd made some terrible choices and I was going to be a Christian and I was going to help him get through this. And I was going to show, I told our kids, I'm going to show our community, our friends, what forgiveness really means. I was determined to have a stronger family and to learn from it and how I could be a better wife to him too, you know, because again, nobody's perfect. So my role leaving there was not to crucify him or to leave him or divorce him. It was to help him and to live my faith out and to figure out how to keep my family together still. And his parents, he has a great family, and his parents, his stepmom and his father, uh, sent him to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. There's a sex rehab clinic there. He was so remorseful, like, I'm going to come out of here. I'm going to be the best father. I'm going to be the best husband. Like, this is going to make us stronger. I love you. You know, I, my childhood with my mother being an addict and, you know, I'm, I'm just messed up and they're going to help me get better. And if, if you stick by me, then then we're going to have the best family ever. That's all I ever wanted was the best family ever. So he immediately went there and they actually put us in a hotel somewhere because we were you know, scared for our safety, that he might, uh, you know, our life might be in danger. And so they put us in a hotel until they could get him situated where he needed to be in Mississippi. And of course, you know, once he got there and part of the recovery process for any kind of addict is, you know, coming clean. And he came clean about cheating on me for years with prostitutes and lying about the cheerleading. Basically, his whole life was a lie. And you know, stealing money from his parents' company. And I didn't realize, like, he was so convincing. I did not realize that he never played football for the University of South Carolina until he was at the sexual rehab clinic. We'd been married nearly 20 years. And I was on a plane with his stepmother. 
And I didn't understand why they had no photos of him playing football. And so I said to her, I said, I've looked through all the photo albums. I said, I see the pictures of Tripp being a cheerleader. I said, I don't see any football pictures of him. And and she looked at me like I was crazy. And she's like, Venus, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you know, when Tripp played football at Carolina. And she said, um, he never played football at Carolina. And I'm like, yeah, he did. I mean, he told us stories about, you know, the coach saying, if you guys played with half the heart that Tripp Morris played with, that we'd, we'd win the national championship. And he'd take my children in the locker room and show them everything and tell them stories about every place and the, you know, things that happened. And she's like, Venus, Tripp never played football ever in college. He was a cheerleader. You know, so when we, we got to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, we sat down. Uh, part of recovering from sex addiction is kind of coming clean with everything that you've done. And and so I just asked him, I said, like, have you been lying to me for 20 years about playing football? And, and he said, yeah. So that's when I'm like, okay, something is like really, really wrong. Why does somebody make up something like that? And while he was there, some other things came out that he had done, and and that's when it became a deal breaker for me. And the things he had done compromised my children. I didn't really believe that either at first, but I was disturbed enough, and I I was a good mother, I thought, and I would never let him come back in the home or around the children without knowing one way or the other. The possibility that Tripp had been sexually abusive to any of their children had simply never occurred to Venus. The handsome, charismatic, all-American football coach and churchgoer, who people flocked to like he was the Pied Piper, it couldn't be. Or could it? There was only one way to find out. He agreed to take a lie detector test, um, and they gave him two at the hospital, he failed the first one and the second one that the polygraph examiner said, you know, he was so nervous. He's like, can't can't even really get a result. He says, you need to, there's something called a specific issue lie detector test. And and you need, there's a guy in Atlanta and he gave me the name of the person and you need to call him and set an appointment up and, you know, he'll be able to give you assurance one way or the other. So of course I immediately called him and, you know, the guy's explaining the process and he's like, it's pretty foolproof. When when he leaves here, you'll know if he did these things. And so Tripp was very good at storytelling, as you see with the stories I've told you. And I think he really thought he could beat it and clear his name and that be it and us reconcile. And he went there, took the test, and I'll never forget the guy calling me. And he's like, you know what? He said, I can tell you he's done these things. And he said something like, You'd be an unfit mother at best if you did nothing about this. And so that was it for me. Like there was no, can I help him anymore? Can I, that was it. We'll be back in a moment with more Family Secrets. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. 
Berberine, which targets abdominal fat. And OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. When Venus thought it was sex addiction and mental illness that was causing Tripp's behavior, she was gutted, but she had been seriously considering supporting him through it for the sake of their family. But when she learned that Tripp has violated one of her daughters and is, in fact, a direct threat to their family, she absolutely will not stand by him. No way. No how. All she has ever wanted to do was create a sense of stability and safety for her children— to give them childhoods better than hers had been. This, this is devastating. But she springs into action. I filed for divorce immediately because I would never bring someone like that around my children. And, you know, I called my pediatrician, who had been my pediatrician for 20 years, 15 years, however long it was at the time. And uh, he says, you know, Venus, he said, you got to take your daughter to the hospital to be examined. He says, I don't do that type of exam here. He said, but I do have to tell you, I would lose my medical license if I didn't report this. So I've got to call uh, the Department of Social Services and make them aware of, of what's been said. And, you know, 
this is this is serious business. And of course, I knew that, and I was devastated, and I agree with them. So then, at that point, the Department of Social Services came in and interviewed everybody, and felt probable cause, and went to the district attorney, and Tripp agreed to come down to testify. And again, Tripp was so nice and believable and likable. I think he just thought he could talk his way out of it, like he'd done his whole life, and. It was really ultimately his own testimony that that put him away. But um, they arrested him right after the grand jury issued an indictment, and they didn't even give him parole because of the risk they felt like he posed to me and the children. He was sentenced to 45 years in prison, and he's been there like 11 years now, 10 or 11 years. And he, um, I think he has to serve 21 years before he can get parole. Venus also tells her children that while she doesn't know what the future will hold, she is their mother, and she's going to do everything in her power to be a good mother to them. They're going to weather this storm together and not be defined as a family by the terrible things their father did. I was struck by your the fact that you didn't have a lot of support from the community that you've been a part of for all these years. Well, it was interesting. It is interesting looking back now because people that were barely my friends stepped up to the plate and became really, really just amazing friends. I mean, one lady who I barely knew knocked on my door and basically told me she could organize people to sew curtains, you know, and I'm like, listen, I appreciate that, but I'm fine without curtains. (laughs) (laughs) If I sell my house and I'm living in a tent, then I'll take it, you know, but let let me do what I got to do first. And I'm not above getting help, but let me try to take care of business at home before I reach out and, and get other people to, to do these things. But it was amazing. It was a beautiful gesture. And then I had another friend who I was friends with, but we weren't by any means really close friends or best friends. And she started working for me and just walked the fire with me and became my very best friend. And she's still my very best friend. And we will die being best friends. And the first year I was so broke, I could not even pay her like for a whole year. And I'll never forget her telling me, she's like, Venus, don't worry about paying me. I'm okay. Um, You know, her husband worked and supported the family. And she said, you do what you need to do to take care of your kids. You can catch me up. And she would tell me, like, I'm putting up billboards on Washington Road and not knowing how I'm going to even pay for them. But I knew I had to do something dramatic and drastic to be successful and make a statement. And she's like, you put the billboards up and I'll feed your family if I need to feed your family. I believe in you. You get out there and you do it. And I did. And I was successful. And on her second year, I paid her back for the first year in full. And then I started paying her for the second year. And she was faithful to me. But not everyone remained faithful to Venus. Some turned on her and blamed her for her husband's actions as well as her own. She had been part of a prayer group with five other couples. They had met every Wednesday for 10 years. They were, up until Tripp's imprisonment, the best friendships Venus had ever had. I had never really had friends like that, you know, because I'd moved so much. I'd been so much dysfunction. I had been in hiding my whole life. I didn't want anybody to know who I really was. I wanted to pretend like I was normal, like I was everybody else. And so when I met these ladies, I mean, they all came from, well, two of them came from extremely good families. One of them had a really great mom and divorce situation, but she she was actually my very best friend. And then there was another couple in the prayer group who 
I was friends with, but I wasn't real close with them. But um, and that couple actually was the nicest to me. But the the other three couples in there, I'll never forget. My husband's put in prison, and like they don't speak to me from that point on. And the friend who was my best friend, she says to me, I asked her to go out to dinner with me. I said, listen, like we had a talk. Like, did I did I do something wrong? I mean. Like, tell me. I mean, you're like my best friend in the world. My husband's just gone to prison for 45 years. I have six kids. Like, what did I do? And she said to me, she said, you know, I am very Catholic and I'm very black and white. And what you did was wrong, conceiving your children with a donor. And you didn't just do it one time. You had six children by the donor and you lied to us and you didn't tell us this and I'm black and white and I just can't I can't be friends with you the children were also paying for Tripp's behavior ostracized and judged other kids weren't allowed to come to their home they weren't invited to birthday parties in a family that had been injured enough the injuries piled on my son nailed he was only one when his father went away and he came home last week and said Mom, like, he doesn't even really know trips in prison or, or for what anything about it because he's never really been a father figure. But he said, Mom, like this girl in my class, like if I come into class irritated or if I say something to her, she'll look at me and she'll say, are you in a bad mood, Charles, because your dad's in jail? I'm just like, what's wrong with these kids? Like, what is wrong with these kids? And, you know, like one of my kids came home devastated, like, Mom, they want to de-godmother you. They're, all these people are saying terrible things, and they'll laugh and say, where's your daddy at today? And I'm like, like, who are these Christian people? Like, what the hell? And, you know, I'm a little fighter, so I'm just, like, putting my boxing gloves on. Just, you know, if I weren't grounded in myself, in, in my faith, I would have left my faith, because I'm sitting here thinking, how do I forgive my husband for having a sex addiction? and committed to trying to find a way. And they're never speaking to me because my husband has gone to prison for child molestation. And they're thinking I knew something. You know, I'm like, what is wrong with you people? But I forgive them. And one of the people, I never mentioned names, and I would never do that. But she sent me this really ugly text message and, you know, just said, I can't believe what you're trying to do for fame and for money. And, and I told you to leave my family out of your drama. And I was like, number one, I'm a self-made millionaire. Nothing am I doing except with the intent of helping other women who are in extremely dark places not go through what I've gone through, to see their value, to see the world. And number two, it's really hard to look at yourself in this story. I know it is. And, but as Christians, we all mess up. We're all sinners. So, you know, you need to just own it and know that I don't pass judgment. I forgive you. But this is my story, and it's a big part of it because, you know, that's why people go into depression and anxiety because, you know, something shameful like this happens and everyone turns their back on you. And I've had women tell me until they heard my story, they were on the verge of suicide. And after hearing my story, that I've given them hope and they can get through what they're going through and that that their commitment is to being the best mom they can be. And to me... Like, this is embarrassing, the stuff I share. I'm getting a lot of support, but I'm also getting a tremendous amount of criticism with, within the community for, for putting my stuff out there. 
but you can get goodness out of bad and light out of darkness if you if you let it if you're not ashamed of what's happened because we all mess up and I say my pain is terrible my story is heart-wrenching but my pain really is no different than the next person's pain it's just different and it's all relative which brings me to talking to you there's another embedded secret at the core of this family dynamic you ready for this one the children don't know that Trip is not their biological father. Yes, you heard that right. And since his arrest, Trip has been telling people the secret that he and Venus planned to take to their graves together. So I got um, I got a phone call from someone who said, "Oh my God, Venus, I just heard this terrible rumor, and I wanted to call you because, you know, I don't think it's true, but I think you should know about it." just because I think you should know about it. And I'm like, well, what is it? Well, Tripp has gone around and he's telling some people that these aren't even his biological kids. And I'm like, what? And I didn't know what to say. You know, at that point, it's like, okay, no one in the world do except for me and Tripp. You know, at that point, what do you what do you say? And so I thought about it and I said, you know, I've got to go tell all of my kids because if I don't, if this person's heard it, my kids are going to hear it. And I don't want them hearing this from someone else. This is not a conversation that a stranger or, you know, a friend or someone making fun of them needs to have, especially with all the scandal we're already going through. And so I just sat them down individually. And I just said, you know, you were conceived out of love. You were wanted. You were wanted more than you could possibly know. And I'm your mother and this is your father. But biologically, I said, it's kind of like you're half adopted because your father could not have children. And I said, after trying for a few years, we wanted a family, and we decided getting a donor was the way we wanted to have our family. And so here you guys are, and you're all 100% biologically related because we um, bought all of the sperm. It was at a corporation called Zytex. One of my children says they were actually relieved and they were happy in a sense because they said, we don't have his genes, meaning that they don't have whatever gene it is that, that's made him a child molester. Doesn't mean that they don't want their grandfather and grandmother's genes because they adore my husband's family. And my husband's family is very good to them and they're still family. But they were relieved that they didn't have to wonder, you know, if you have a parent that has schizophrenia, you have a greater chance of having that. Or, or if you're bipolar and you have a parent, you have a greater chance of having that you know so they weren't upset like I thought they were going to be upset they had a sense of relief because of what he was convicted of that they didn't have to think okay could this be a possibility you know I know with my own mother who struggles with whatever mental illness she has you know when I was in my 20s I used to wonder oh my god am I gonna end up like my mother I struggled with that it was traumatizing what their father did not only what he was convicted of, but the abuse, I mean, he would, towards the end there, like, act like he was going to kill himself in front of our children. And so they were happy to know that they had a better shot of not struggling with the same things that he struggled with. In the midst of all these struggles, Venus triumphantly pulls ahead in her career. She's really, really good. I mean, like, stupendously good at selling houses. In 10 years, she does nearly $500 million in real estate sales, a staggering accomplishment of tenacity and hard work. 
Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, um, I never intended nor wanted to be as financially successful as I've turned out to be. I have achieved a lot of financial success. And I believe I'm no one special that I was put into a situation and I had six children depending on me. And I knew if I failed, that they would fail. And that if I put my cross down, that they would carry the cross the rest of their life. So I was determined, I was determined not to let that happen. And I didn't know what that meant. But as far as my real estate success goes, I believe you can be successful at anything, anything, and you can achieve whatever you set your mind to. You just have to have the work ethic and determination. You got to have forgiveness. But I never set out, you know, to make seven figures every year. That was never my intent. My intent was, you know, money is is nice. I like doing well, but money is a means to an end. And I tell my kids all the time, as long as you can financially support yourself and meet your basic needs and have a little extra for security, like your happiness, I don't believe goes up with what your bank account reflects. So again, I, I tell people I'm nobody special and they can do what I've done and probably more because they don't have seven children. I have seven children now <laughs> <laughs> because it's a lot. You know, I get up at five o'clock every morning. I go, you know, I put the oxygen mask on myself. I, I, I learned early on in my journey that, you know, I couldn't take care of my six kids if I didn't make myself a priority. Well, there's no time when you're working 70 hours a week unless you get a little uncomfortable that run five miles every day because those endorphins going so I could be present and deal with the stress that I was under because you need some kind of outlet. So I researched healthy outlets for anxiety and depression and stress and, and exercise was it. So, you know, making myself a priority and letting my kids know that what I didn't want to do is become this real estate Mongol and successful person and then my kids think that the money was more important to them and that I lost sight of them in order to achieve financial recognition and gains. And so, you know, I committed every every day when my husband went to prison that first year, I got up at five o'clock, I ran, I came home, I got all six children up. I took them to church every morning before school, five days a week. And then we went on Sundays. And then I committed, no matter how long my work week was, to sitting down, having family dinner with my children every night because letting them know that, okay, mom's got this crazy work schedule, but she's here with us and we're going to go around and we're going to say our good thing and our not so good thing. And she hears us. She loves us. We matter. That's the life-changing things. That's what you build your family on. That's why I have this unbreakable bond with my kids is because they saw no matter how tough things were, that I was committed first to being a mom to them, second, taking care of them emotionally and financially. And, and they also saw my commitment to taking care of myself because I tell my kids, you've got to take care of yourself because you teach other people how to treat you. So you've got to start with yourself. And it's taken me a lifetime to learn these things. But I, my goal is by sharing my story that I can help other women learn in a lot less time than I did their value and what they bring to the table and to get out of a bad relationship if it's not working. The rest is kind of history. I've remarried. I'm actually 
I've had a seventh child at 44. It's my first unplanned pregnancy. We were married a few years, and um, we were married eight years. We're actually going through divorce. And even with that, I'm like, you know what? My husband married me, and he had never been married. He was probably 50 years old, no children. And I'm like, that tells you he's a saint just to try to marry me with all this craziness. But um, I look at the marriage with him, and I'm like, you know, even though it didn't work, it still was a huge success because we've got this beautiful child together and we're going to raise together. You just have to look at what you have and focus on what you have versus what you don't have. And then I think that you can get through the ups and downs of life and overcome. Venus's kids have gone through these ups and downs in life, and they've overcome so much. Particularly her eldest son, John, who was 16 when his father went to prison. All of my kids are amazing, but John, you know, he had to step up and be the dad in the family when his father went away. And he is very, very protective over his siblings. And, you know, to this day, he's like, Mom, just try, have you helped Charles study for his reading test? Have you helped Charles? Charles is the youngest of the six children. And he's just this amazing soul. And He's just good. I asked him one time, I said, John, I said, like, why are you so good? I mean, because I'm like, there's no way I'm responsible for him being so good. I mean, I just, I mean, I try to be a good mom, but like, he's just, he's just good. Well, for example, like when he was a senior in high school, um, he took his team, he was one of the captains and took them to the state championship. They won for the first time and the last time in the history of their school. And Later that year, his team, they have awards at the end of the year. They created a special award for John that they give away now every year. And it's like just, it's called the heart and soul because they say he embodies the heart and soul of what you want to see in a young athlete. And so fast forward, he goes to dental school. He had to get up and give a speech to everyone and all the parents were there, um, all the students, the, the whole faculty at the dental school. It's kind of a big deal. And he goes through and he thanks everyone, the faculty, and he recognizes a lot of the students and just, you know, highlights what's so good about them and what they're achieving together. And and then he ends and he says, but I can't end this speech without uh, recognizing my mom. And so, of course, I had no idea that he was going to do this. He's like, mom, could you stand up? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I'm there. It just makes me cry. So everyone in the whole place is like looking because a lot of people knew what our family had gone through. And he just basically said, he said, Mom, when the whole world threw the towel in on us, you stepped up and you taught me to never quit. You taught me to never settle and you taught me to persevere no matter what. And he said, for that, I will be Dr. John Morris because of the example that you set for me and my siblings. You're the number one mom in the world and everybody else is competing for second place. And like the whole place was just, that's when you know, like everything I've been through, everything is worth it because when you have your children look at you, and they have this love and respect for you, even though, again, I am not the perfect mother. I want to say that a hundred times and I fail them constantly. But when they look at you and they genuinely love and respect you, 
I mean, there is nothing, no amount of success, no amount of money, nothing in the world that can ever give you happiness and peace and a sense of fulfillment as when you have your children one by one look at you and recognize that, you know, you've basically sacrificed yourself to try to be a a good parent to them. And again, my advice to other people and what helped me when you go through tough times, don't look at what you can do big for your family. It's really the little things to having dinner with them, you know, to taking them to mass or whatever your faith is to go into their games. Just, you know, I'll be at their games working. They won't see me. I'll secretly have my phone hidden while they're on the field, but they (laughs) see me there. (laughs) You know, they see me there and I'm producing 60, $70 million a year in real estate. That's hard, but they see what you do and they, they love you for it. And you just, I don't know, that's happiness is, you know, I heard Oprah one time refer to uh, Martin Luther King. Not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be happiness because something like happiness is found in service and service it can be in many ways your family to you know to charity to other people that need you you can serve and that's god has put me on this earth to serve my children to be a mom and i just happen to be successful at the same time because i have to be successful to take care of them Family Secrets is a production of iHeartRadio. Molly Zakur is the story editor, and Dylan Fagan is the executive producer. If you have a family secret you'd like to share, please leave us a voicemail, and your story could appear on an upcoming episode. Our number is 1-888-SECRET-0. That's the number zero. You can also find me on Instagram, at Danny Writer. And if you'd like to know more about the story that inspired this podcast— check out my memoir, Inheritance. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.